At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. What's happening, folks? Welcome to it. Time to start up another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here as always. Hope you're doing well on this Tuesday. Recording an early one today, 8 a.m. Central Time. Got some moving to take care of this week, so I had to get a little bit of an earlier start. And, well, you just got to get up and add them to see what's happening with the trade deadline now, right? It's the final day and, well, there seems to still be plenty of moves to be had. At least that's what a lot of us are speculating based on these rumors and big names that are still available. So if anything ends up going down this early in the morning, I'll be sure to let you know and keep refreshing my Twitter feed. But by the time you're listening to it, let's be honest, you would have already known. Uh, Just more so getting my thoughts on whatever transaction comes to place. If that happens to be um if that happens to be the case so uh yeah we'll keep refreshing that but i'll give my thoughts on the acquisitions and the transactions that have already happened especially yesterday with some of the bigger names and then the possibilities with guys like wilson Contreras, ian happ juan soto you know names such as those guys and i know we talked more so about Contreras and happ yesterday but um, more importantly, I want to look into Juan Soto and just talk about some of the names that we saw moved yesterday. So uh, we'll talk about that in the second part of today's episode. And in the first part, we're going to talk about the disappointing White Sox. I don't even know if that's the right term because I, 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 there should be a worse term that you can use to call them based on what you saw yesterday and what you may be seeing every first game of their series against crap teams. The A's, the Royals, who the hell is next? Doesn't matter. The Sox are going to annoy you. Um... And they had a pitching change too. I, you know, I said it here yesterday. I was like, 
you know, want to make sure it's Brad Keller pitching, and it was. Nope, lo and behold, switches to Daniel Lynch. Oh, okay, it's a southpaw. It's going to be more favorable for the White Sox. That does not happen. They <laughs> they make Daniel Lynch look like a freaking all-star out there. Now, he only went 5.1 innings, but he allowed just six hits, seven strikeouts, no earned runs, I believe. It doesn't matter. I mean, the Sox lose 2-1. to one. Disgusting. Why does this team stink at home? Why does this team just do the most infuriating things of all time? You're taking on a crap team that you should be familiar with and know how to take advantage of. You had Brad Keller scratch who should be pitching today. Keyword should. You get a lefty who's not that good. A type of pitcher you dominate against and you put up one damn run? You know, this is why I stayed away from this team. And I said, yeah. They should win this game. I expect them to win it, but no way I'm laying that much. Why the hell would you ever lay that much with the White Sox? Even when they came down to minus 165. Don't do it. Please do not lay that much with the Chicago White Sox. And I'll argue the same thing for tonight's game. And we'll get into that in a second, but my goodness. I was at our softball game last night, our 16-inch softball game, and one of my buddies who's a Sox fan is just like, you know what, I wish the Twins would just start winning so I just wouldn't get teased and think that the White Sox actually have a chance to make the playoffs. Everybody is fed up with their crap that they're doing because you're barely hanging them in there, right? Like you're hanging on by a thread and you're keeping your fans just teetering back. Oh, they're going to be, oh, no, it's the White Sox. Oh, they're going to improve. No, it's the White Sox. Man, I mean, I'm getting ticked off over here, and I'm not a fan. They used to be my most hated team. You know, I got their ticket minus 110 to win the division, but look, I can hedge out if need be at some point. Wow. And I get it's one game, and I get it's baseball, but (laughs) two to one? Kopech has a good game for you. The bullpen is sufficient, and you put up a stinking one spot. That's pathetic. Man. So, yeah, we'll talk about their game tonight. Uh, the Cubbies taking on the Cardinals at Bush Stadium. Wainwright versus Thompson. Keegan not the best on the road. We'll see if we can fade him tonight. Uh, speaking of bets, though, last night we did cash in on our one Danny's dime on rush hour. We had the Yankees on the run line, plus 112. Yankees go on to win 7-2 against the Mariners. So, hopefully you tuned in. And you're able to cash in on that. We move on with a record to 54, 43, and 2. Make sure you catch Rush Hour Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Marquee Sports Network or VEASAN.com. Xfinity app, YouTube TV, and iHeartRadio. So wherever you get your podcasts available. All right. I've already kind of, you know, been uh, ranting about the White Sox so far. So we might as well get into their game that I know I'm going to be completely different in terms of my opening line versus where the books have it. Because for some reason, the books are still going to give them a lot of confidence here. And, I mean, they should because it's the Royals, but you shouldn't because it's the White Sox. And as stupid as that sounds with what I just said, you know exactly what I mean. Nevertheless, like we said, uh, should be Brad Keller. Allegedly, we thought it was going to be him yesterday, and then there was a switch. But apparently it's going to be Brad Keller. Uh, going against Lucas Giolito. And you heard me go for Brad Keller's numbers yesterday, so I'll briefly run through them here. He's 5-11 with a 418 ERA. 
He's got a worse FIP of 426. He's got a higher home run to fly ball ratio at 11%, but really that's not too concerning. His Sierra is 463. His whip is 132. He's walking about three and a half guys per nine innings pitched. His FIP at home is 388, yet his last two starts, both being at home, he surrendered seven earned runs. So that's not good. And what's also not good for Keller is his FIP is worse on the road, 477 FIP. So if he surrendered that many runs throughout his last two starts, which were at home where he's done better, could we expect a terrible start or a bad enough start from him at guaranteed rate field tonight? Probably not because the White Sox can't hit. And he has had success against the White Sox this year. He's faced them twice, once at home, once at guaranteed rate field, when seven innings pitched in both of those games. The one at Chicago allowed just three hits, one earned run, three strikeouts, and the Royals won 5-2 to two in 10 innings. Then he had the White Sox at home, like we said, seven innings pitched, allowed eight hits, three earned runs, also three strikeouts. The Sox won that game 5-3 to three in 10 innings. The consistency is there with the matchups against Brad Keller. What do you expect out of him today? Honestly, I don't know. And it's okay to not know or not to want to bet something or have conviction on a spot because how the hell can you really justify what Brad Keller is going to do or predict or have a safe assumption? You can't because his numbers aren't that good, but he's been okay against the Sox. However, he struggled the last two games. However, the White Sox can't hit for crap. And then you got Lucas Giolito over here. Everybody loves to fade him, and rightfully so. He's given up nine earned runs throughout his last two starts against Cleveland and then at Colorado. And guess what? He gave more up against Cleveland than he did at Coors Field. Giolito now 6-6. Six and six. The dude's got a 5-14 ERA. Yeah, he's not the same guy he used to be, folks. He's got a 148 whip, a 445 FIP a 375 Sierra, but then he's got a 16% home run to fly ball ratio. It's been incredibly high all year. And then his Babbitt batting average of balls in play at 349. My goodness, figure it out, Giolito. You want to be below 300. And you know what's even more disgusting? And it's not just him. It's everybody. He's playing worse at guaranteed rate field. He's got a 628 ERA at home a 377 Woba, and a 467 FIP. Come on, buddy. At Kansas City, he's faced him once. He went five innings, seven hits, two earned runs, seven strikeouts. Yet, guess what? Sox couldn't hit, and the Royals won 62 that game. We talked about these bullpens. Royals have one of the worst bullpens. Sox, their bullpen's improving. The Sox have been hitting righties better this last month. The Royals, they're nothing special. But it didn't matter yesterday. Like I said, I envision the books opening this way higher than I do because they just don't get it. And it's no, it's not really they don't get it. Let me rephrase that. It's more so they just expect the White Sox to win, but also they're just saying, hey, are you kidding me? Like these betters are still just going to take us for this expensive price on the White Sox? Sure. We'll gladly take you betting the White Sox at minus 160, minus 170, minus 180, and have them lose 2-1 to one to the Kansas City Royals. We'll take that every single day this week and twice on Sunday. Don't blame them. I don't know. That's not actually. I mean, 
realistically, yeah, the White Sox should be the favorite. And they should have the respect of being that big of a favorite in this spot. But honestly, no. I mean, they should be adjusting it because they should not be that big. Or the market, you would think, would be betting against the White Sox. But you know what? Maybe that's just how the White Sox perform in the first game of series now in the second half. They're going to embarrass themselves against the A's. They're going to embarrass themselves against the Royals. Then they'll go out there and win the next two. Yes, I realize that uh, I have a little bit of recency bias here and frustrations. And I didn't bet the White Sox. I got nothing against them for losing yesterday. It's just I can't fathom how they managed to do this and how frustrating of a team they could be. And you know what? Maybe deep down it's just also frustrating. If you can think of it from this perspective as a Cubs fan. Well, one, I understand their frustration having talent on your team but not being able to put it together. And it's just... So annoying to see that. And two, just also maybe realizing as a Cubs fan, we're, we're not competing. And we don't have that much talent. And the White Sox seem to be wasting it right now. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's just not fun if you're rooting for the Sox. Now I'm rooting for them for betting purposes. Otherwise, I would be enjoying the hell out of this. Sorry, Sox fans. It's true. I'm sure you'd be the same with the Cubs. Anyways, I digress. My opening line for this game. The Sox should be a favorite, but they should not be a huge favorite to where it makes you really contemplate what the heck you're doing or rather really contemplate if you should do run line or not. Because you shouldn't have to contemplate that with the White Sox when Giolito's on the bump. You shouldn't have to contemplate that when they just lost to the Royals 2-1 to against a lefty. Now they're facing a righty. So give me the White Sox minus 135. That's where I would open this game. And the Royals at plus 120 and a high total at 9. Keller not the best numbers. Giolito not the best numbers. But you know what? The White Sox can hit on any given night. Giolito can stink and the Royals could score a lot of runs against him on any given night. So there could be a lot of runs. So I'll open the total up at 9. And guess what? I was correct. The book's way, way, way over adjusting for the White Sox here. Why do you ask? I don't know is my answer. Why would they? They're just expecting a bounce back. You shouldn't expect anything out of this team. But they did open the White Sox minus 180. Oh my goodness. A 45 cent difference from mine and the book's odds. And then the Royals, they have plus 150. Total, they opened eight and a half. Wasn't too far off on the total. That thing will tick up to nine, I'm sure. Because there's a little bit of juice on the over minus 112 to the over eight and a half. But already, like I told you, I mean, it opened minus 180. You go to Bet Rivers, it's moved down to minus 167 in favor of the White Sox. The Royals plus 145. You want to take a run in the hook with the Royals, it's minus buck 55. If you want to lay the run in the hook with the White Sox, it's plus 128. That's the least surprising thing ever. We open the White Sox at minus 180. Oh, that's weird. We're not getting betting attention on them. You think? You think? Who the hell would want to lay minus 180 with this White Sox team right now that you had the same price at yesterday and they lost 2-1 to one and wasted a good start from Kopech? And it was even, again, I'm beating the dead horse. It was a better situation because he went against a lefty who maybe wasn't, he wasn't scheduled in this part of the rotation, maybe a little flustered going into it. Oh, crap, I got to start. Oh, crap, I'm a lefty. The Sox hit lefties really well. Nope, only one run that whole game. Yikes. 
Brad Keller's probably going to toss a freaking no-no tonight. That would be very Chicago White Sox. But yeah, the White Sox now minus 167. Look, I would not touch this game. And I don't want to fade the White Sox, right? Because who the hell wants to back the Royals against a playoff competing team like Chicago? But you know what? Maybe the Royals are going to be selling any kind of pieces at this point in the trade deadline, and that could alter their lineup. You saw it with Ben Attendee. I mean, that happened a little bit ago, but still something that did come to fruition and impacted the lineup. I was talking with Adam Burke, VEASAN's betting analyst. He's like, yeah, I think tomorrow I'm I'm just not going to bet anything. He's like, it should just be an off day all throughout baseball because it affects so many lineups, the final day of the trade deadline. Makes sense. Not that the White Sox would be that impacted in a bad way, you would think. Maybe, though. I don't know. I'm not getting involved in this game anyways. What I would do, I would bet the total over. That would be my top play. If you put the gun to my head for a side, assuming nothing really happened with the lineups, I would contemplate looking at the plus 145 for the Royals. Man, you could even take the run and the hook, assuming the White Sox bullpen will make it tough on themselves and blow a three-run lead and make it a one-run lead. I don't know. But truthfully, the White Sox should win this game. But how do you trust Giolito? Fine, I would. I guess I'd just take the Royals because of plus money, purely from a value standpoint. But if it was just a coin flip and no one cared about the odds, yeah, you'd have to lean toward the White Sox. But how could you when it's minus 167? You can't, folks. You just can't do it. And that's the state of the Chicago White Sox right now. We are in August, and we are saying you can't bet the White Sox against the Royals. That's pathetic. So, yeah, the only bet I would consider would be betting the total over 8.5. Giolito could implode. The White Sox offense could come alive against Keller. That wouldn't shock me. There, you don't have to sweat out either team. You just got to hope it's a... Mess with an abundance of runs. Always fun to look at it that way. All right, let's move away from the depressing White Sox and go to the definitely not depressing Chicago Cubs, baby. They're not going to be dishing off anybody. They're building, right? They're acquiring pieces. Sarcasm, folks, if you couldn't detect it. Yes, Wilson Contreras may be taken out of the lineup. We were assuming he's going to be. And same thing with Ian Happ, potentially. Which, at this point... And we'll get into, obviously, my full thought process. But if you're assuming that's going to be the case, the line's probably going to move a lot more in favor of the Cardinals if that does happen. So you might want to jump in on it sooner rather than later if you are looking to fade the Cubbies. And I might be. Because you got Keegan Thompson taking the bump for the Cubs, which normally is one of the two pitchers, Justin Steele being the other, and now Stroman. I guess, uh, now that he's found a rhythm. But, you know, the finite amount of pitchers he'd look to back for the Cubs. But with Keegan Thompson, you can only do it at home. Because on the road, Thompson is struggling. I mean, he's got a 440 ERA, uh, ERA away from Wrigley, a 349 weighted on base average, and then his FIP is 550, folks. Yikes. Guess what his FIP is at home? I'll wait. I'll let you guess. It's 274. So on the road, Keegan Thompson, 550 FIP at home, 274. That's quite the difference there, eh? 
And you're going to Bush Stadium against your rival who's going to find a way to dominate against you anyways, and they need these wins for their playoff race. Now, the Cubs did beat the Cardinals earlier this year at home when Keegan Thompson was pitching. If you recall, Thompson went 5.1 innings, allowed five hits, three earned runs, racked up three strikeouts, Cubbies won 7-5. Now, if you didn't look at Keegan Thompson's splits, you'd think he would be a sufficient guy to back in this spot as an underdog because he's 8-4 with a 3.16 ERA. He's got a 120 whip, a 3.70 FIP, and a 3.93 Sierra. But that's why we always consider the home and road splits, because sometimes those discrepancies are very apparent, and Keegan Thompson is one of those guys that has apparent splits. And you know who else has some decent splits? How about the vet, Adam Wainwright? He will be starting for the Cardinals. He's got a 7-8 and record, 328 ERA, 121 whip, 381 FIP, and a 407 Sierra. Not bad numbers for a guy who's over 40 years old and... Shouldn't be their top guy, but really kind of is at this point. And I told you about his splits. Well, on the road, away from Bush Stadium, Wainwright's got a FIP of 437. Not necessarily a situation you want to back him with. But at home, Wainwright feeling a lot more comfortable. Because at home, he's got a 201 ERA, a 273 WOBA, and then a 319 FIP for Wainwright. He's been crushing it at home. He's faced Chicago once this year, went seven innings, allowed nine hits, just two earned runs, no strikeouts, oddly enough. But the Cardinals did win 5-3 to three in 11 innings. The pitching advantage goes to Wainwright because of the splits. And look, even if it was, say, on a neutral site, it kind of goes 50-50. You'd think you'd want to trust Keegan Thompson, the younger guy, a little bit more so. But, you know, Wainwright gives you some fantastic starts still at this point in his career from time to time. If we move on to the batting, the Cardinals at home versus righties hitting decently well. 721 OPS, 315 weighted on base average, and then they got a 111 weighted runs created plus at home against righties. How about the Cubbies on the road against righties? We know the Cubbies are hitting okay against righties at Wrigley, and then their numbers decrease when they get away from a hitter's ballpark. 689 OPS on the road versus righties. 303 Woba, and then a 94 weighted runs created plus for the Cubs on the road against righties. And just overall at Bush Stadium this year, the Cubs numbers 675 OPS with a weighted runs created plus of 90. So they're not necessarily crushing the ball at Bush Stadium. Really quick, the bullpens, ERA for the Cubbies, 408 with a 132 whip. Cardinals bullpen, 366 ERA and a 123 whip. By the way, the Cardinals snagging Jose Quintana. Not that it's going to impact anything today, but I forgot to mention that. Former Cub now going with the Cardinals. Quintana having a good year. The Pirates, we'll see what impact he can have in a Cardinals rotation that we said doesn't really have an ace. Also, if Quintana's your ace and you're a playoff team, that's kind of scary. Um, anyways, the wind is blowing out 14 miles per hour to left center field. Should be a very hot day at Bush Stadium. I open this total at 9. Yeah, I mean, look, Keegan Thompson's numbers on the road are bad. The Cardinals could easily put up a 6 spot, and then maybe the Cubs can at least sneak a few against Wainwright, who they have a lot of familiarity with. But Bet Rivers opened the total at 8. It's still at 8. Overs minus 113, unders minus 106. 
Now, I kind of get, again, because of the argument, hey, if the Cubs are going to be losing Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras, those are two huge hitters out of their lineup. Maybe the Cubs aren't really going to score anything. Maybe the safer bet is to just rely on the Cardinals' money line, to which I opened up St. Louis at minus 140. Now, they should be the favorite, but I wouldn't make them an excessive favorite because the Cubs randomly are gritty. Keegan Thompson still is capable of performing well, and Wainwright is capable of doing the opposite. I just don't think it's going to happen tonight. I do think the Cardinals win, and I would look to bet them, but I just don't think they're really worth a price of you know, over minus 155 to bank on that occurring. I made the Cubs plus 125, by the way. So maybe I'm just being more optimistic in what I want the number to be so I can bet it because the books did open the Cardinals higher. And I guess you can't really argue it at this point, but the Cardinals minus 167 was bet Rivers opener and then the Cubs at plus 143. And like I said, the total they had at 8, I opened the total at 9. Now the line has actually moved down a little bit in favor of the Cubs. The Cubs, plus, well, I guess maybe not in favor of the Cubs, but the Cubs are now plus 145, but the Cardinals moved down to 162. Run line for the Cardinals, plus 128. If you want to take the run and the hook with the Cubs, it's minus a buck 52. I want to bet the Cardinals in this game. I really do. I mean, even if it wasn't the trade deadline, I just think fading Keegan Thompson is the appropriate move to make. And maybe you could do that with a first five, right? The lead after the first five innings. If this line doesn't come down enough, or I don't end up getting enough confidence to wanting to lay that much, you could do the lead after the first five innings, and the Cardinals there are minus 117. They're minus 165 for the money line in the first five, but the run line for the first five, minus a half, it's minus 117. That could be the right move to make. It's early, though, still. Like I said, I'm recording this at about 8 a.m., folks, so uh, I know you're always looking for official plays, but I'll tell you, to be honest, I probably officially will be getting something involved here with the Cardinals by the time I'm on rush hour, whether it's the Cardinals on the money line mustering up the courage to lay around minus a buck 60 or going with the lead after the first five innings minus 117 realistically Contreras will be dished out Hap yeah a little bit more 50 50 but Contreras you gotta think for sure he's already deleted all of his affiliations with the Chicago Cubs on his Instagram he doesn't want to leave neither does Hap and maybe they just say that but still, the Cubs are going to get rid of him in some capacity. And that will impact this game tonight. Cardinals should have the advantage. Cardinals should get the dub. Look for some way to get involved in your arch nemesis as a Cubs fan. And that being the St. Louis Cardinals. I know, I know. Kill me. Run me out of town. We're being objective, though. We're trying to make money. If the Cubs were in a playoff race, it'd be different. But at this point, let them make money for you by fading them. And he can do that tonight. All right, folks, quick break here. Coming back, let's talk more about the MLB trade deadline. What moves that happened yesterday moved the needle for me and what possible moves are going to affect the betting market. I'll talk about that next here on the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. 
Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, more baseball discussion here in part two of this Tuesday, August 2nd edition of the Chicago City Cast. Any moves move the needle for you out there from what we saw yesterday? Well, just to kind of recap what we've seen overall, uh, we kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but the Yankees got Andrew Benatendi, right? The Royals get some relievers. The Mariners get Luis Castillo. They send some guys over yonder. To Cincinnati. Uh, the Rays get David Peralta from the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks get Christian Serta. I mean, hope that's how you say his last name. Uh, the Yankees got Scott Efros from the Cubbies. The righty Efros, now a part of the bullpen for New York. And the Cubbies get Hayden Wesneski, right-handed pitcher. Who? Yeah, I don't know. Um, the Padres make it a big splash yesterday. I like this move. Now, people are saying the Brewers, or rather the Padres, gave a haul, and they did. But Rodgers, you know, has been struggling, the southpaw. But once you get him, he can be great. Denilson Lamette, same thing. Esturi Ruiz, and then Robert Gasser, uh, outfielder Ruiz, left-handed pitcher Robert Gasser, goes to the Brewers. So, Jeff Passan, though, was saying, look, the Padres didn't give up any of their top their top players in the farm system, right? So at least you're able to escape that to some capacity. Because you would have thought they would have had to give up some of their top prospects to get Hater, but Hater has been struggling a little bit. So maybe that cheapened his price just enough to make it worthwhile for the Padres. Look, I I am happy as a Cubs fan, Josh Hader is out of the division. I am happy Josh Hader is a part of the Padres as a 18-1 to World Series ticket holder of the Padres from before the season. He could turn things around in a new environment. It's Josh Hader. He is the best reliever in Major League Baseball when he is on his game. I would be excited if I'm San Diego. And you know what? Denilson Lament losing him, big whoop. He's fine. He has some quality starts every now and then. The other guys, you will be okay with. What the Padres need is offense and a little bit more depth in their pitching. And they just got depth in their pitching. They need Tatis back to get that offense going. And they still may not be done with Juan Soto. Apparently, they are the likely suitors or the best. They have the best shot to get Juan Soto. Maybe even a Josh Bell from the Nationals is what the rumors are consisting of. So with the news now that Juan Soto, apparently the Padres are the most likely for him. Cardinals, Dodgers, other teams that are potentials. So I told you I'm invested at 18 to 1. I was looking around. I mean, I saw some books have the Padres at 15 to 1, but Bet Rivers, you can still get San Diego at 20 to 1. I'm not going to lie. After I saw the Juan Soto news, I 
double dipped a little bit. The Padres at 20 to 1. It really wasn't that much. It was more so just if that were to happen, the number would move. And then I'd be like, yeah, I got 20 to 1 right before. I know I already had 18 to 1 before the season. So again, I threw like a quarter unit on it. But just wanted to throw a little bit more, get some excitement in San Diego. Yeah, they're the only team I bet to win the World Series. Now they're making moves. They're showing you they are ready to go all in. So why can't they go for Juan Soto? Why can't they go for Josh Bell? They can, and maybe they will. But I like that acquisition of Josh Hader a lot for San Diego. How about the Yankees adding to their pitching depth? Right-handed pitcher Lou Trevino, but also right-handed starting pitcher Frankie Montas, who's coming back and having a good year. The A's get a bunch of random names throughout the bullpen, and then second baseman Cooper Bowman. Trey Mancini, the first baseman from the Orioles, gets dished out to the Astros, along with Jaden Murray. Orioles get Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott. The Rays get Jose Siri, outfielder. Three-way trade there. Astros also snagging Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox. The Red Sox get Utility Man, Emmanuel Valdez, and Weiler Abreu, outfielder. So the Astros, maybe not in the sweepstakes, you would imagine, for Wilson Contreras anymore since they got catcher Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox. Speaking of the Red Sox, they get outfielder Tommy Pham from the Cincinnati Reds, and the players get a player, or the players, the Reds get a player to be named later or cash. The White Sox got involved. They pick up Southpaw Jake Diekman, Dykeman, I want to say Diekman. Red Sox get Reese McGuire. See ya, buddy. He didn't do too much for you, White Sox fans. You'll take all the pitching you can get. The Cardinals, like we said, bring in Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton. The Pirates get uh, Johan Oviedo and Malcolm Nunez. Brewers get Matt Bush. Rangers get Antoine Kelly and Mark Mathias. Braves get Robbie Grossman, the outfielder from Detroit. And the Tigers get Chris Anglin in return of Southpaw. So those are the moves that have happened as of this point. The one that moves the needle most, to me, it's Hater to the Padres. But to a lot of other people, it is Montas to the Yankees. And the Yankees just making moves over. I mean, they got Ben Attendee as well. They got Efros from the Cubs. The Yankees doing what the Yankees typically do. And that's going all in and spending all their money and trying to make themselves World, World Series contenders every year. And look, they, in my book and in a lot of other sports books, are the favorites to win the World Series. What are the Dodgers going to do, though? Will they make that move to Soto? They've been relatively quiet, unlike Los Angeles, huh? Could be happening. But yeah, I really think that hater move could be the most impactful because you're going to see him more often, you would hope, than a Frankie Montas to the Yankees. Not that he can be more impactful because Montas will be going more innings, but, you know, hater can close out games more consistently, you'd hope. Padres are going to make one more splash. Could be Bell, could be Soto. We'll see. Rooting for the Padres, baby. We're Team Padres here. We have been since before the season. But that's one that moved the needle the most for myself. Well, yeah, like we said, maybe Juan Soto. Maybe to the Cardinals. Maybe to the Dodgers. Wilson Contreras. Maybe to the Mets. They seem like the likely suitor right now. That's been the most rumored team. And that just seems like it's the plausible outcome. The Rays are another team that's been flirting. They could use some catching help. And then as for Ian Happ, 
I was reading an ESPN article there saying the Phillies to help out with Bryce Harper being gone. But you've heard rumors about the White Sox. Adam Burke came on rush hour like I was saying. He said, what about the Rays? The Rays are a team that likes to use guys and put them all over the place like a utility man. And Ian Happ certainly is that. So that could come to fruition with Ian Happ as well. New team by today, by the end of today. So we'll find out. Unfortunately, I'm thinking it'll be the last day Wilson Contreras is a Cub. Ian Happ probably as well, but definitely Wilson Contreras. Love those guys, especially Wilson. I mean, you know, Wilson's just been an absolute dog, a 110% go-getter from the start. And I'm not knocking on Ian Happ or anything, but you just know from 2016 what kind of impact Wilson Contreras has had, and he's turned into a leader on this team. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to stink, and it's going to be sad to see him go. But that's the brutality of baseball, folks. All right. One last thing before we head out here. Uh, if you're betting the Hall of Fame game this week on Thursday, latest news from Ian Rappaport, Jaguars coach Doug Peterson announced that Trevor Lawrence and running back Travis Etienne will not be playing in the Hall of Fame game. And then he said, expect the Raiders to be on the same page with several starters watching from the sidelines. That's not shocking to hear it from Las Vegas, right? You got veterans, you don't need them to play. But you think maybe younger team, you get a little bit of action from them. I don't know if I'm actually going to bet the Hall of Fame game. But hey, if you are, uh, Jags minus one and a half at plus 102 if you want to take. One in the hook with the Raiders, minus a buck twenty-two. It's minus one ten each way on the money line. Total points. How about this, folks? Thirty and a half over minus one twelve. Under is minus one nine. Yeah, I, I'm kind of chuckling. Look, we're gonna have plenty of coverage on it at Veasan. Don't get me wrong. We love betting NFL preseason, and I do too. But I don't think I'm gonna do the Hall of Fame game. You know, there's guys like Chicago native pro sports better Chuck Edel. The, the man year after year thrives betting NFL preseason because if you get the news early enough like you hear what some of these coaches are going to do you have a good idea how to predict the outcome of these games a little bit better or at least assume which team has the advantage you got to be you know tweet notifications press conferences all that but you can really get yourself in a good spot if you pay attention that's what Chuck does so well so we'll try to get him on either the city cast or on rush hour but looking forward to it, folks. We're getting closer. So that's going to wrap it up. Another edition of the Chicago City Cast in the books. Make sure you check out Rush Hour tonight for more bets, more analysis, different perspectives. We've got you covered in all those different facets and hopefully can get you some winners along the way. Like I said, considering the Cardinals, tune into Rush Hour or VEASAN.com to get the official bet and what other bets I'm seeking out. And you can always follow on Twitter at DannyBurke5. Thank you for tuning in on this Tuesday morning slash afternoon, depending on when you're listening. But best luck with all your plays, folks. We'll catch up again later this week.